What is up, guys? Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. What I'm going to be doing with this show is actually showing you guys what exactly you need to look for prior to buying, building, selling, or even renting a home. I'm going to bring in some of the top people in the industry so we can dive deeper into discussion about these topics and really give you guys the tools you need to learn and know prior to making one of the biggest purchases of your lifetime. So with that being said, guys, welcome to The Real Build. Welcome to The Real Build. I'm your host, Bill Ryman, your broker builder. And today I have a guest coming from Asheville, North Carolina. She helps busy professionals plan, design, and construct homes so personalized that they are per- the perfect recipe for now and their futures. Every design challenge has a beautiful solution and style never has to be sacrificed. Her services include in-home consultations, turnkey interior design, kitchen and bath design, closet design, project management renderings, styling, window treatments, custom furniture and staging, new construction renovation. She does it all. That's a lot right there. And we will get into that even more. She cares deeply about the well-being of each client and makes it her focus to ensure their home is a reflection of them while providing peace of mind and comfort for all who enter. And she makes the process educational, fun, and of course, or and fun, of course. Lisa, welcome to the real build. That was a mouthful. How are you doing today? <laughs> hey, that makes me sound busy. <laughs> I'm well. How are you? Good, good. Lisa Wood, I'm happy to have you on. Um, You know, I love having interior designers on. You guys all kind of bring something different to the table. I've had a lot of past interior designers on on past episodes. So uh, when we we reached out to each other, I was definitely uh, thrilled to have you on. So I'm glad. What I like to actually get started with, just so people learn a little bit more about you, is your background. So who is Lisa Wood? I, well, first off, I guess I'm just married and mom, mom to three. And, uh, and we have a, a Newfoundland puppy that is, is not as well behaved as we would hope. And <laughs> other than that, we are native Texans that we relocated to Asheville, North Carolina, which is a beautiful little town in the mountains. And it's, we get all four seasons and I have, I started out in interior design. I got a degree at the university, university of North Texas. Uh, began in corporate aircraft design and then moved into kitchen design and then started having babies and and took care of them and raised them but always kept dabbling and so now I'm back at it full time and I am also certified through the Living in Place Institute and that's become a big focus of mine as I educate clients and guide them in their projects to make their homes very livable and it's just become a big passion of mine. Nice, nice. And corporate aircraft design, that's actually pretty impressive. So I mean, going from that, obviously, that was a big start. So explain that a little bit more what what you do with the corporate aircraft design. I'm kind of curious. That was one of the the lady I worked for it was in that and she came and spoke at the university and was looking for an intern. And so I volunteered and and she took me on and then that became my first full time job. So it was dealing with these very expensive planes and the people that own them are very particular, obviously, in the finish out of these these aircraft. And so we would go in and 
select the the woods and the leathers and everything was so meticulous and what I what I enjoyed it really about it and when I and I apply that actually to the homes when I am either remodeling or designing new you have got such a limited amount of space to work in so everything has to be really efficient and I find that if there's a small room it kind of gives me that same challenge how can I max out the efficiency of it just like in the airplane um, and so it was fun. And we'd even get down to the detailing of the paint stripes on the, the exterior. So uh, that was, it was an interesting uh, industry to, to, to get, to be in for a while. And then I went into kitchens. Yeah, I mean, definitely too. And obviously it got you to where you are today and it helped you with that small space design. And now you're into a lot larger spaces like we're going to get into now. I mean, as far as, so let's discuss, you know, obviously you brushed on it a little bit, but why interior design out of every other space you could have been in? Why'd you choose? What was your reason? I think it's in my blood. My great grandfather was a builder and um, my, on my mom's side, my other grandfather was in lumber. So it was kind of, I think it's kind of in my blood. My dad's mom was an interior designer and I was always passionate about that. And I, she gave me a dollhouse. And I think that I, I just loved moving stuff around and making things pretty. My mom said that when I'd get in trouble, she loved it because I'd start organizing closets and cabinets. And, and so I think it's just kind of this natural, natural evolution. And when I tried other other things to study, I didn't do so well. And I finally said to interior design, that's really what I enjoy. And if I could actually get paid doing what I love, why not? So I went and got a degree and and it was kind of all she wrote. And it's never, it's never left. You know, I just I look back and then the entrepreneurialism that's been in my family for generations is just kind of natural too. So it's it's been fun. And I I, you know, every designer is gonna come and say, I love, I just want people to love where they live. I mean, I bet you probably if you talk to every single designer, they're going to say the same thing. And it's true. But even more so now, my passion is, it has evolved just a lot because of my mother who passed away a couple of years ago. And I, I really feel it's become more of a mission for me and to really help people understand that a home isn't just a, a matter of four walls. There's so much more that goes into it between the art and the science of creating a space that provides health and well-being and comfort and safety for the people that live there, but also the people that come visit. And that can be a whole lot of people, depending. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, especially now, too, with a lot of people being more more home than usual, more at oh home. Oh my gosh. Yeah. For sure. For sure. I mean, the trends are, are shifting. I've, I talked to a friend who's an amazing, amazing artist up in New York city. And she said back, you know, when everybody was in quarantine, it was New York city was, she goes, it was like living in a sci-fi movie that the streets were lined with U-Haul trucks. People were having to wait um, take turns to get down elevators to move their stuff out. And I've, I've recently learned that four out of five apartments are vacant. So uh, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah. they're coming to your state. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Oh, oh, North Carolina and Texas. So. <laughs> yeah. And Texas and yeah, North Carolina too. And I mean, it's, 
it, it, it is a change. It's, it's been a big change. It's and a lot of people, like we kind of talked about before we started the show is a lot of people are realizing that they don't need to be in the city. They don't need to, I mean, they can, a lot of the work, this, this whole thing's changed a, a lot of things and I'm sure it'll keep a lot of things for the future. A lot of those changes, but I mean, especially with housing and apartments and so on, there's so many people realizing that, okay, I can work from where I want to work. I don't need to be in the cold in New York City or in Chicago or wherever I can, or I can just work from home in the suburbs. I don't need to be, you know, in these cities that are busy and so on. It's just, it's a big change, but it's also a lifestyle change too. The more of these people are home, the more they're going to want their homes to kind of reflect them and themselves too in certain rooms and so on. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. We construction on both commercial and residential. We obviously, and you know, this, we never saw a slowdown. Mm -hmm. There might've been a pause and from an interior design standpoint. And I know even from construction that there are material delays, you know, I've got furniture that is still months out. And, and a lot of that has to do, I learned with, um, when I was at market that when the shutdown happened, Amazon and Walmart locked up the majority of the containers. So everybody else is, is having to wait their turn to get their stuff on the, on the ship, you know, the container to ship it on over to the States. So it's, it's affected everybody in so many different ways. And that's where I think too, especially in America, if people are going to be building or remodeling and then getting into soft goods, you know, which is where a lot of designers can come in and help and facilitate is, is try to buy everything local, you know, try to buy it within your borders and you tend to won't, you won't have as many long lead times. So one tip for one tip for homeowners out there. (laughs) (laughs) And it is a great tip too. I, and I, like we, like we said, I mean, things are definitely going to change there and we haven't slowed down. You are right. And Mm -hmm. things have only picked up and, but people are really finally, they're building what they want to build. They're building out their dream homes, they're remodeling their dream homes or apartments or whatever. And I'm sure you're seeing a lot of that where you're at obviously as well. So, I mean, you do, Obviously, I mentioned a lot of your services. I didn't even read them all because you do a ton of various design services that you have you offer. Let's discuss some of these services that you provide, just so people know. So, it, basically, my I, I think probably my love is our, our renovations. I love taking a space and rethinking it, especially when it wasn't um, you know with when times change and and things are outdated or maybe it wasn't built as well as it could have been to accommodate the people that live there. I do love a good renovation. Um, I also really enjoy the new builds. I love being able to get in on the front end and collaborate with the builders and the architects and, and really encompassing that whole design build model. Cause when I got out of school, that wasn't a term. And, uh, you know, a lot of times designers were considered after the fact and uh, most of the design was left up to architects and, and the builders and sometimes developers. So I think it's just really, I love being able to, to get in when I can find that collaborative team and, and really have those conversations on the front end because that design build process can save so much time and money and we end up with a better product. So, you know, I'll work with clients either just on, you know, doing a two-hour consultation or a two-hour living in place assessment on their home all the way to turnkey design. 
and somewhere in between, just depending on what they need. And going to your design build, because I've talked with obviously past designers on the show about this and how important it is to, like you mentioned, kind of start off the process with it. You know, and me being on the building side, having a designer like we do at the beginning, it helps so much uh, in a lot of ways too. And, and even during throughout the process, obviously as well, because it's not just about furnishings, it's about tying everything together. And that's what a lot of people don't understand on the design. You know, it's not just furniture. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And that's the thing. There's so many different parts to it and pieces to it that blend together, which helps the builder, helps the architect. I mean, even when you guys get involved in the architecture, it helps because you can see these things prior to us going on the build end too. Hands down, you help me quite a bit. That's why I love having <laughs> two designers on. I love- Love hearing. I think there's a there's sometimes a misconception. People don't necessarily unless they're experienced in working with an interior designer, they don't always understand what we do and what we bring to the table. Mm-hmm. There are there's a difference between if you talk to any designer who has certifications, there is de- a definite distinction between a decorator yeah, and a designer. Sure. You know, <laughs> so you know Debbie decorator who has a passion for for pulling things together. It's not to say that they don't have talent and they can't do it, but there is something, there is a big difference. And if you talk to design firms who are actually seeking designers that understand construction and understand all of the nuances from working on site and dealing with trades and project management, it's, it's, it's very different. So there, you know, I think that's where people have to understand what do they want if they're going to be working with a designer and what do they expect and having that clear communication on what a designer does. And that's where I really try to get passionate to help other people understand. I can pick out a paint color if you want me to, but, you know, or some fabric, but really let's talk about how you want to live. You know, is this space going to suit your lifestyle and is it going to suit everybody else's that's coming in here? And so it does, it makes it that team effort just is a beautiful thing. It's like being in a boat. My kids all rode. If they were all in the swing, like the boys in the boat book, the story, then, you know, the project is, is really successful. Yeah. And going back to the team effort, like you said, because that's huge is having, and that's what I actually like say now too, is it is a team between the architect, the designer and the builder. It's everybody works together along with the customer. It makes it a lot easier. The process a lot easier too. I mean, the interior designer we've been using, I've been selling them like crazy, especially in the larger luxury homes, because it makes life a lot easier it really does i mean when because i don't i don't want to say people underestimate the amount of selections and stuff that goes into it i think they kind of have a feeling about it but then when they get to it and they get to the granite yards or they get to the tile place things can become overwhelming really quick mm-hmm. and having that designer there to kind of hold their hand along with the whoever works for the builder we have somebody in house that works with us that kind of goes along too you know it helps kind of that customer calm down a little bit you know and the process it streamlines mm-hmm. the process a lot but more and better too especially in the architecture phase too like getting walls and everything right um you're going to come in you're going to know where you're going to probably have an idea where pictures are going to be hung where stuff's going to work not going to work if there's a pocket door or or a barn door that swings a certain way. Well, you can't put a picture on that wall. There's so many little 
things that go into it. Mm-hmm. And that's where you help tr- tremendously. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's even down to the technical aspects of it I, that, you know, there's, there's designers of all levels, but when you start looking at who is actually taking all of those, who's staying in continuing education, who's understanding how ventilation systems work, how lighting affects health and mood and, and function. It, there are, there are a ton of details. I was just working on a new project with a friend and I was more consultative than, than doing the, you know, uh, doing the, the nitty gritty work, but I was seeing that the inconsistencies with the process when I would get an email, oh, I have to go pick this out today. You know, I have to go, oh, now I have to go pick out this today. I'm like, this should have been done on the front end. Mm-hmm. And you, it wouldn't be this rush, 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 you know, in this panic to to pick out something and hopefully you're going to get it in budget. So it is, it's it's a good, it's just communication. It's mm-hmm. learning learning how to communicate and helping the homeowner. I think they feel more empowered when everybody's on the same team. You know, I think it could just be such a successful experience for them and an enjoyable one because it's a, it's stressful enough yeah. <laughs> as yeah. it goes. So, you know, let's yeah. make it fun. Yeah, that's fun <laughs> <the> and simple. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And a lot of people do fear the build process too. I mean, they've gone through it, maybe had a bad taste in their mouth from a past experience or so on. And and it's our job to make it fun. It's our job to make it more enjoyable. And how can we do that? You know, mm-hmm. and that's by having a team, having the right communication, setting the expectations, doing the things that a lot of people don't, you know, but it's, it, it goes a long way. Like we just talked about, it's, it's huge to have that team in place, that structure where everybody knows each other. We kind of have that team to where even when electrical roughs are done uh, you're you can go there and kind of help out too and point out the certain things that uh, you know maybe you should add an outlet there this here Mm -hmm. move the tv here you know that would look better so it's just having that group together it makes the Mm -hmm. process fun you know especially when you're you're spending that kind of money so right who wants to do it alone right (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly one thing I saw, you said that your design philosophy is simple. Get to know each client, listen to who they are, what they want, and deliver peace of mind through a well-designed space. So explain this process a little, or explain this and your process a little bit more. I am. I love talking to people. I think it's so fun to find out what their story is, where they come from, how they live. And when when people bring me into a project, I'm coming into their personal space and that you have to build trust there. You've got to really be willing to ask questions that maybe they were never asked before and to take, to help ease their fear that, you know, this is either going to be too expensive or it's, you know, you know, hopefully they're going to get it right. Or, you know, it's, it's really, really taking that time to, to get to know people. So it's kind of like, when I went to design school, they didn't say you're going to be part counselor, you know, or part marriage counselor, but you are, you know, (laughs) and part mediator and part negotiator. So there's a lot of aspects. If you can get to know a person's psyche and, and understand the whole social realm of of the way that they live, it's going to make your project more successful because it's not just about nuts and bolts. It's about the people. And then when 
as I get to know them, I'm asking them questions, not only, you know, is it who's living in that, but who comes over? How do you interact with people? Do you want to entertain? Do you want to, do you like having to just family? Is there anybody with limitations, either physical or cognitive limitations that come over? And the reason why I asked that is because my mother, my mother suffered from lung illnesses and cancer for a long time. And it, we would, I would go back to Texas and help her and help her recover when my sister was burnt out. And when I'd get back there, she would get better, you know, and we would get her nurse back. Well, the, the Christmas before she passed away, she was not feeling so great. And I had said her birthday was, is December 22nd. I said, mom, why don't you come to Asheville? We'll go to the Biltmore. It's all lit up. It's beautiful. We'll celebrate your birthday. We'll celebrate Christmas. We'll have so much fun. She was so excited. And she said, yes. And then she called me back about a week later and she said, I can't come. And I said, how come? She goes, cause your sister told me I couldn't travel anymore. Hmm. And I was brokenhearted. And I was, I was so mad. You know, I thought I never, I could, I could have my mother in my home, even though we have stairs and have to deal with, with different levels. I can have her here. I can take care of her. And it really just, when, then when she passed away that next summer, I thought, I never want anybody to go through that, that experience saying, I can't welcome somebody in my home that I love because my home doesn't accommodate them, you know, or we don't have what they need in this area. And so it's, it's really, it's getting down to, you know, are you planning to live here forever? Is this going to be your forever home? Let's talk about being proactive in the modifications that we make. Let's rather than being reactive, because how many times do you know a person that, you know, you're young, you're healthy, right? You're fit. But what if you go out and have an accident when you're biking or hiking or, you know, and then navigating around your house? So let's look at how we can make those modifications to the house on the front end or after the fact to accommodate life because mm-hmm. it comes out as fast and unexpected, uh, like with COVID, you know, how, who, how did we know we'd all be quarantined and still seeing the after effects? So it's, you know, it's just really having those conversations, knowing good questions to ask. It's like I always tell my kids, ask great questions, you'll get great answers. And through that process, that's how we're able to really come up with a, a really efficient and good design that's going to be right for them. I love that. And, and, you know, asking questions, getting great answers, first of all, but, you know, not a lot of people think ahead, you know, like that far. They're not planning for the future ahead or how things are going to be. They're not, you know, me on my end as the builder too, uh, I usually bring these things up, but I also always bring up resale too. You know, I'm always telling these people because a lot of, I've, I've dealt with a lot of customers that are like, this is our for We're done. We're not moving. It's up to our kids, you know, that we're done after this, but you just never know. And it's like mm-hmm. you said, life, life takes you in different directions. You don't know what's going to happen. So I'm always big on resale, resale, resale. And now what you're saying too stands out quite a bit because you also have to think about okay, what if you are staying there forever? You do need those, maybe you need the handicap, uh, the wheelchair width on the doors and and maybe uh, some kind of access in the garage. Or if you have a two-story, maybe let the elevator go down to the garage, then to the first floor, then the second floor. Mm-hmm. You know, there's these things that people don't think ahead on 
which actually are probably going to be beneficial to resale. In the oh, long. I'm, I think the same way you do. And I talk it all the time and I'll tell people said, I know you plan, don't plan on leaving this house. I said, but one day you will sell, you mm-hmm. will sell this house. And I said, I always plan for resale. So when we get into the design, I mean, unless they just have, you know, this desire and they've got money to spend and they could care less about resale, then go crazy with materials that may not appeal to everybody. But if you do have that inclination that resale may to be down, let's look at those those hard, those harder elements, those bigger elements like flooring or countertops and cabinets. Go go with something that's a little bit more classic in style and then put the punch into the furnishings that you can take with you. Put the punch into the paint or the wallpaper that's easy to change out. And but the the structure of the home, let's do it to where it is so accessible to so many people and and functional to many people. So yeah, I mean there, you know, there are people that have big budgets and you can you can go a little bit more uh, custom, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, but even when it comes to a sofa, I always say, why don't you, you know, I, I tend to prefer to go neutral on a sofa because it's so big, you know, and jazz up the pillows or whatever. <laughs> That's a small example, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's uh, I was meeting with a client today and I said, you know, if you're going to splurge, find out where you want to splurge, you know, go know what your numbers are and do do what you can within that realm. And then if you can splurge on something that's going to make you happy, do it. You know, that's, it's your home. That's what it's for. And I don't ever force my opinion because I not tell people I'm, I'm not going to be the, de- I am not the designer for you. If you want me to tell you what needs yeah. to be done, I will guide you. And I will only give you ideas that I believe will work, but ultimately you have to live there. Yeah. That's on me. So I want you to be happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, people don't like that though. They don't like the pushy designer that says you need to do this because this isn't going to go together or whatever. They don't like that. And I mean, I've had designers that I've worked in the past that were like that. I've had designers that are more like yourself that uh, be honest, a lot more people would rather work with somebody like you uh, mm-hmm. because, you know, they're hiring you and same with us as a builder, for example, or me as a real estate broker, they're hiring you for your help. But then in the end, they're going to make the overall decision. You know, Mm -hmm. that's, that's why you're there to kind of be that guide, hold their hand, like I've said in the past. And, and you don't want to be too pushy, you know, because that Mm -hmm. can kind of put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth too. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can offend people if you are. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I mean, my mother-in-law, I remember when I was in school and she was going to work with this designer and I said, well, how, how's it going? And she goes, oh, I, I, I chose not to work with her. And I said, I said, why? She goes, cause she said everything in my living room had to go. And she goes, and I love that lamp. <laughs> I said, oh, well, shame on her. <laughs> so, yeah. We don't want to offend. Yeah. <laughs> We're there yeah. to help. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> So one one thing, you know, that I really want to learn about, too, is you talk a lot about aging in place versus living in place. So let's discuss this in more detail. What exactly is this? Living in place came about uh, several years ago that founders, Eric and Louie, they they were in the construction industry and they just saw a need to really put a focus on the actual structure of the home. Years ago, and I, I forget that, I think it was in the 90s that it started, Universal Design was at the North Carolina State University, so NC State, 
And it was a great program that was helping educate people on making spaces like bathrooms that could accommodate a wheelchair, for example. How much space do you need to have to turn a chair in and get, you know, uh, walkways and that kind of thing. Well, they ran out of money and the program closed down. The founder of that program actually doesn't live too far from me. And he is still very active in, in getting his message out. Well, after Universal Design made it, uh, you know, started surfacing, then the whole aging in place term started coming into being. And aging in place, they're in the building industry. You've, I'm sure you've heard of CAPS, Certified Aging in Place Specialist. That's just one small component of what aging in place is. Aging in place is a whole term, a gen, an umbrella term that can that deals with services somebody's going to need, like insurance, financial advice, healthcare, whatever. Um, so, but the building industry then started offering the CAP certification. The only problem with it was is people didn't want to age in place. That's negative. It's a negative connotation and they don't like that. They want to live. I've got a friend down in Florida who is growing a company and they are starting to explode called Growing Boulder. And it's 55 plus. You'll probably see some of the magazines coming out in your area because they're really, they're really, I mean, he's doing amazing things, Mark Middleton. And they, you know, people want to live. They don't want to age. They want to live. And so that's where they changed the, they created living the Living in Place Institute. And I actually learned about it when I was on listening to a podcast and because uh, I listened to a lot of them. And when I heard Eric speak about Living in Place, I knew that was exactly what I needed to focus on and, and really hone my my niche with that because I, after going through what I did with my mom, I found it to be very important. So living in place is, again, we're actually looking at the structure of the home. What can we do to make it better? And I believe that, you know, when you have a luxury build, a luxury builder is different than a spec home builder. You know, the spec home, it's all about production, right? And so they're they're wanting to, you get the choice of, say, A, B, or C homes, and the, the finishes are a little bit, you know, they're kind of basic, uh, unless you want to just you know, they keep up in the charge on you, <laughs> you know, and you can jump your house price at 50 grand in 30 minutes if you want. But so it's, but they're, but they're very much about production and keeping it on track. And most homeowners aren't going to go in and have the ability to say, you know, I'd really like that outlet to be six inches higher. I'd really like the, the wall, the hallways to be four feet wide because they go, that's an upgrade that's an upgrade. That's not how we do it. We don't do things that way. And so it's very, for me, it's very frustrating to see these production builders that get this mindset and it's just very close. This is the way we've always done it. And if you want it done differently, it's going to cost you X amount more. Mm -hmm. And I just find, I get frustrated with that model because that's not how it should be. Mm -hmm. So I feel like with, with living in place, it's kind of, we've got a movement to try to elevate the building codes and make them better to make a home that's gonna be more inclusive, not exclusive, more inclusive for all ages and stages of life. And there's an inter interesting statistic out there that on average, a home, there are 10, over a hundred year period, there are 10 different owners of that home. And so if you take just an average family of four times 10, that's 40 people that are in that home. Well, if you have people that are very active and social, Think about, it could be hundreds of thousands of people crossing those thresholds coming into that home. So what if these homes were built 
better. You know, most of the, the inventory that's out there, 80 to, uh, that were built in the 80s and 90s, all of those homes really need upgrades. Yeah. And that is something that from a modification standpoint, we need to really be thinking of, you know, how can we open up the space for better flow in case somebody's in a walker or wheelchair or will be, or, you know, mm-hmm. so it's just, it's, it's, it's trying to make it a very positive aspect. Uh, one of the things too, that I really like about the Living in Place Institute is we get a lot of education partners coming in to teach us about the latest products that are out and the trends of with technology. So it's super helpful that we're, we're very in tune with what's, what's out there to make, make the whole space better. Mm-hmm. No, and that's great. That's great. What you're saying too, because I mean, going, going back to what you were talking about as far as production home versus um, luxury home or even custom home. I mean, that, that is the thing with production home builders is ABC. That's what you get. And we're not going to go outside of that. Same with the floor plan, same with this, it is what it is. So, I mean, you're paying for that in a way and I deal with it all the time. I mean, there's less expensive builders in our area that are, I don't want to call them production home because they're not doing mass productions of homes because there's more areas kind of a smaller, but they're, they're doing that style, you know, like the quality wise, I should say, put that out there. They're not as custom to where, you know, if they do want to move that outlet or they do want to move something over, it is a problem versus with us, we do those walkthroughs to make sure the customer gets what they want. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons I have this show is to kind of explain those differences. And I do a ton of video with it too, because there isn't a lot of people that understand the big differences between going with a custom builder and and not because I've even had people say, well, are your plans set in stone? I go, no, we, we probably haven't built the same plan once. You know, the, I always say they're kind of starting points or stepping stones into, you know, just ideas, their ideas. And we can go off of those and, and tweak them and do what we can with them. And that's a custom build. You know, you don't have to start from scratch. Right. So it's, it's getting this, these ideas and, and with you, with, you know, being more inclusive for all ages too, it is something to think about. And I'm actually, I'll admit I'm guilty of it. I don't, I don't always think about wheelchair accessibility all the time in every single home we build, but we should, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and that's going to be definitely one thing I'm going to bring up for now on. So thanks for coming on with that. <laughs> um, My pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> Because it, it, it is true. I mean, they resale wise, it, it's beneficial. Uh, even living in place, it's beneficial for the customer that's going to stay there. Maybe they do stay there forever. It, it's beneficial to everybody because homes that are older, they are dated. Um, I mean, I, the house I'm in, I redid everything, but I bought when I bought it, it was originally built in 93. The vanities were down to my knees. You know, <laughs> so, so, and I had to take out everything and redo everything and kind of, you know, redo the doors and so on too. And it's just, it is a lot of work. So now with the codes, the way they are and the homes, the way they are, do it right off the bat. I'm a big advocate, big, just doing it right. Quality material and selling our company on that. It doesn't work every time because some people don't want to pay for it, which mm-hmm. is okay, but I'm not going to go outside of that and cheapen our product just to get your business. 
So I've been. Well, and I think that. too, and that's where I really want to educate builders on is that it's not just about um, upgraded materials. I mean that yes, that plays into it, but it really is. It's it's so simple that you can do. You know, the the majority of the homes either don't have a zero step entry. Now in Florida, it's easier. You know, when you're in the mountains and the topography, that makes it a little bit more challenging. So zero step entry, the wider hallways, the wider doorways, the location of outlets and switches for ergonomic issues, mm-hmm. you know, lighting, the types of materials like the finishes on the countertop. That stuff isn't really isn't going to now, okay, inc- if you increase the width of the door, that will add some cost. But if you know it up front and you just make it standard, that's not going to change the look of the house. You know, mm-hmm. it's just going to make it function better. Because even if you don't have a wheelchair, we'll say, say, say somebody's older and has a walker or wheelchair. But what if, um, you know, let's go on the, to a new family and you've got a mom as we always say, you know, through the Institute, a mom coming in with groceries in one hand and a baby in the other. Well, your, your width has just expanded, you know, and you got to get through that door. Right. So it's, it's really thinking through life and, and trying to not be surprised when it happens. Mm -hmm. And, but because you actually put that thought into a four foot hallway versus a three foot hallway, they're going to, they're probably not going to notice until it's just this comfort factor walking through, you know, it's that, Mm -hmm. it's that when you walk in and you can just feel a space that's well-designed is so different than when you walk in and you're like, Oh, what happened here? Yeah. (laughs) Why did they do it that way? (laughs) So. No, it's a big difference. I mean, we, we've done it too, even with our staircases, we've done wider staircases, which is huge. It makes a big difference and the customers take notice of it. We, we had a a model home. We recently sold it, but we did a wide staircase and everybody that went up there, you know, they'd say, wow, this is a real wide staircase. This is nice, you know, because it's wider than your typical, what you see. And it's just thinking ahead on stuff like that. If somebody's moving furniture, maybe the elevators too, having those for that. Um, The wider doorways, like you said, too, there's so many little details that you can do ahead, Mm -hmm. but there's also stuff as a builder and as a designer going through the home, like at roughs too, the rough stage that you can implement as well. That's why those walkthroughs are so important. Uh, yeah. to have them and have everybody there. So we're all on the same page. Okay, let's add an outlet there. Yeah, it's going to cost you money. It would have cost you the same money at first anyway, you know, because we're we're bidding off the plan and it's going to be the same thing. You're just adding something. It's kind of just explaining t- to the customer in a way that they understand. Um, mm-hmm. And it's why. a lot easier to do it at rough stage than after. Yeah, yeah, cutting drywall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've all been there <laughs> yeah yeah so it is it's just knowing it's thinking through it's asking those questions but it's also when if the builders are are aware they're going to ask they're going to learn to ask that those better questions too which is you know that's where i'm not focused only on interior design i'm focused on the trades you know how can we help the trades be better how can we help the architects and those and the builders and the developers because i think i'm working on a project now that i'm just shocked at I understand the 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 concept behind the development but when I know who they're selling to I think uh who who designed this plan you know like you put an 
a door coming from your your garage into the home and it's a foot from the top of the first stair. I mean, it doesn't even have that three foot landing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's so close. I mean, that's an accident waiting to happen. Oh yeah. And a homeowner actually said, you know, you guys put the door too close to the stairs and then they moved it, a, I guess, a foot over or something. And I thought that should have been caught on the front end, you know, and these are all townhomes that, so they're, they're locked yeah. in, you know, yeah. it's like, Ooh, not good guys. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's, you know, it's just, it's, there's a lot of simplicity, but it is, it's having these conversations, knowing let's don't stick. We can always evolve. We can always get better at what we do in our craft. And we can, I just want to get rid of that mindset that this is the way it's always been done. And let's think about how we can be better because mm -hmm. that's really what, that's what life's about. Life's about change. So let's, let's change. Let's make these homes better. Well, it's an older, it's an old industry that needs improvement too. I've actually, the builders I've had, I've talked to, talked to them about this and how we can improve, how the trades can improve and how things can be done better, more efficiently. Mm -hmm. And I mean, a lot of it is like learning these things, but also, you know, paying attention, paying attention to the plans the architect puts out. Cause I mean, let's face it, the architect puts something, no, no offense to architects, they're great, but they put something on paper, but they don't always know reality that comes out of it. And that's where we need to come in, whether we catch it at first while it is on paper, which a lot of the time I do. Uh, but if, if it, something does happen out in the field that doesn't work, we have to figure out how to make it work. And we've had that situation before as well, to where there was a door and they had hurricane shutters or something like that. And then the shutter panel went over a certain point that it shouldn't have. And you can kind of see that, that um, wall kicking out where the panel, long story short, didn't look good. We took care of it. We had, if it would have been caught by the architect, it would have probably saved a lot of money and shifting everything over. And, but you know, we had to catch it out in the field and, and we took care of it and took care of the customer on it. So stuff like that is important that you're talking about just everybody being, you know, in tune and paying attention to what's really going on and not just moving forward with the project, trying to get that one done and going on to the next, which you see in a lot of production homes, obviously, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. because that's what they're about mass production. We want to produce yep. as much as possible, move on to the next, get our money and get out. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm, I have the opportunity of, of, working on a new development here and it's it's probably going to be a little bit down the road just to do the the dot do the you know highway expansion and stuff but the gentleman that that is developing it is is a friend and i reached out to him to let him know about my certification and i said you know if we approach this in the right way and we design these homes with these these features in place it's not like it's I mean, they can have the custom package, but just these basic features, you will have a development that will be marketable in, in ways that no other development can be. And that got his attention, you know, that got, it, got him intrigued a little bit because it's true. It's just like he said, you know, if, if a home is well-designed, it's going to resell faster. It's mm -hmm. going to be better. So if you are able to go in and know that your home has been designed and or upgraded to allow these features and by features i'm talking about the zero step entry wider doorways hallways just stuff like that it will it is going to help with resale down the road 
it it will. And to market it, not many homes are marketed that way. Mm-hmm. And with the majority of the population coming into the baby boom years, we've got to think that direction. And then then even looking, millennials are going to overtake in numbers, right? They say from statistics. So millennials, though, their focus on homes is that they don't necessarily want a really big home, but they want quality. Mm-hmm. And again, they're looking lifestyle. So let's develop the homes that give better lifestyle. And that's, that's the mission, so to speak. You know, that's my, somebody said it was my ministry and I said, it is, I guess so. I guess I, <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I w- I mean, I would too, cause it is important. It should have been done off right off the bat too. And, and like you said, if you do these things right, right away and, and do, do it the right way from the beginning, you know, when it does go to resell the marketing shouldn't be an issue. And that's, that's another thing like, going to the realtor end of it that popped in my head. The realtor should know these things too, to be able to market the house. I would, I mean, that's how, when I go through a home, if I have a listing, I walk through the, uh, that whole entire home, see what the best features are, where what it differentiates it from the next that's in the same price caliber. Yeah. You know, not a lot of real estate agents do that. Unfortunately, they stick a sign in the front yard, do their kind of due diligence on what it should be listed for. Most of them, don't even do that. They kind of just listen to the seller, but, um, it, it just, it's doing your research and that's how, how you market it and get ahead and be able to sell it a lot faster. So doing the things that you're saying are so important because it'll make their jobs easier yeah. too. selling. And you, and you think, you know, and it's not to say that, that it was done wrong all these years. It's just, we've evolved and we've gotten smarter, you know, and yeah. our lifestyles have changed. I mean, 2020 has changed a lot for a lot of people and the way home home trends are going it's just it's evolve and change is part of life and it's i think just make it a positive a positive thing not to not to make anyone make it negative for anyone but just let's be positive proactive live that way exactly exactly one thing i wanted to talk to you about too is you kind of your project management and communication? How are, how are you implementing this when you work with your clients? I and I tell them, you know, I'll I'll I can show up in different roles as a designer, but when it comes to the project management, I like to be on site. I like to build the relationships with my contractors and the trades to know it's trusted. I think it's super important that people learn how to not only interview contractors but interview their references and understand, is this the type of people, are these the people that are really going to help me get to the finish line? Mm-hmm. And because project management, there's a lot of details that go into building a, a home, a building of any sort. And you've got to know all of those nuances and you've got to have good communication. And some of the other things that I really am a big stickler on is the clean, cleanliness of job sites, you know, and knowing are people yeah. taking care of, this project as if it was their own. Cause I, I'm shocked at some of the stuff I've seen over the years, even in our own home. I mean, when we've tug a hole to try to put a plant and up comes a bike, you know, <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> it was like, Oh, there's a hole. Let's throw stuff in it, you know, and they'll never yeah. find it. So it's just, you know, I think project management, it's like in anything, whether any industry that you're in, it's, it's knowing 
knowing what the scope of work is, because you've got the communication, knowing what the numbers are, if you can go with the design build model, you're getting everything up front to avoid change orders. And, and then you just don't have a ton of surprises going on. And, um, and then learning also how to, how to communicate the hard stuff, because it's going to happen, you know, and, and I always let clients know it's not going to be easy. And it's always like going to the gym and you're so excited the first of the year and you're going to work out and get healthy and you dive in and your workouts really get harder and harder. And, you know, it gets to a point and you just want to quit, but then the end results are great. And my other girlfriend who's a designer said, it's kind of like giving birth, you know, <laughs> nine, 10 months, I, you're pregnant for 10 months. It's not nine. And, and you go through this whole process. And when you get the labor pains and it can, and I said, that's a good analogy. Yeah. Or she, or she's a designer. He's a builder, but, um, you know, so it's just letting that up front. And, and I think communication again is key in anything, but it's, uh, you know, not everybody's going to like the project management. I think it's fun. I like, I love collaborating because I don't know everything and I can't know everything. Mm-hmm. So you're going to, you're going to bring a lot of knowledge to the project and I'm going to think about it differently. And together we're going to really come up with something fantastic. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it's that collaborative approach. Be a team. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we talked about it, how important a team is, but communication is, I mean, it's a, it's a trend on my podcast. Everybody says it, how, how key it is, no matter what business they're in, it's mm-hmm. communicating with the customer. Uh, you know, not a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people do, but there are some people that don't have those that don't communicate with the customers and, and it's an issue. I mean, people need to know throughout, especially a process that like we're doing, like a build process or a remodel that what is going on too. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's so important to have them in tune. Cause like I said, at the beginning, there are a lot of people that in the past they've had bad experiences in construction or some other field or a remodel or whatever it is. And, and they, it's, it sticks with them. So right. it's our, it's our job to be better at communicating, but also carrying them through these processes, like you said. So and I think it's good to really find out the expectation, lay out expectations at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I've even asked clients, how do you handle bad news? It's good, yeah. Because <laughs> it's going to come. <laughs> and I get to bear it. You know, I yeah. get to be the bearer of bad news at times. So how do you, how, how, how are you good? You know, how are you at conflict resolution and that? Because we will hit some bumps, but know that I'm there with you and we're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. And, and they, they appreciate that. They think it's, that's good to, to have that, get that out of the way. Don't, don't pretend it's not going to happen. Because <laughs> yeah. there's always something, especially in this always, business. To, always something. Yeah. It's never, it's never going to go hundred percent smooth. I mean, there's always something we all have to work together to correct, but that's yeah. another thing, figuring out how to correct it in the right way and not just saying, well, that's too bad, you know? So, right. Well, and that's that old saying, if it's easy, everybody would do it, you know, so <laughs> not, not with building. <laughs> no, no. It's fun. It's fun to really help people live lives that they, they can max out on experience. That's what it's about. And, and if we get to be a part of it, it's like I was telling a client, they're, you know, having a, t- a tight budget right now. And I said, that's okay. I said, you know, I'm here when you need me. And, and ultimately I just want to see that this house ends up becoming a place that you are so 
happy to be in that you can live in with your family and make incredible memories. That's what it's about. If I get to be a part of that, that's joy. And if I can't, that's okay too, but I'm still going to support you in, in getting what you can done. I said, just be smart. Yeah. <laughs> Ask good questions. <laughs> well, let's talk about that a little bit. Cause you just said some, a client on a budget. So if somebody was on a budget, what are some things that they can do to add value to the home or to spruce up the home and make it a little bit more modern or timeless? What are some things that you would recommend if they were on a budget? Depending on their numbers, because I, I do, I know, and you've encountered this too, you know, not everybody understands how much things cost. And now with shortages on materials that those costs are going up. But I think it's important to, from, from a design standpoint, you know, you want to invest in good quality uh, items that are going to be fixed for a long time, like flooring and and cabinetry. And you know, don't go with trends. Don't get caught up in the trends because that's going to get outdated and get very expensive to change. Um, if they are looking to make modifications, I think it's important for you to really understand if you're in an existing home and really take, you know, kind of reverse engineer the process. Think about where you want, what would your ideal home look like? And then back it up. How much money do you have to spend? And be able to talk to an expert to say, okay, I've got $10,000. That's it. That's all I have. How can I make this? How, how can I stretch this? And then be able to understand. I think it's got to be that communication effort again. The expert is coming to, okay, well, what do you not like about your home now? What would you wish it to be? And then what is your budget that you've got? Okay, well, this is what we'd be able to do there. Because a lot of times homeowners aren't going to know. Mm -hmm. I'm working with a woman who has a $1,000 budget for her bedroom. And so that's not going to, we're not going to be able to move walls with that, no. you know, or, or doors. I had a, a guy say, well, we just want to move that wall a couple inches. Okay. Well, that's like tearing down and starting up first. So, yeah. You know, yeah. maybe some fabrics, maybe some pillows and maybe window treatment, you know. Um, but it, so it's again looking at what their numbers are, what are they comfortable investing? And I always like to say, don't use the word expensive. Let's change that to investment. Is that are you willing to invest in this pillow? <laughs> Are you willing to invest in this refrigerator? If so, what kind of features do you want? And if you change that lingo, it's amazing how you start thinking differently uh, and, and where you put your dollars. And, and another big thing that I'm, I'm working on now on a project um, that hopefully is going to be a really helpful tool to homeowners is to really help them think about that reverse engineering the process to help them help them formulate a budget. And then if they... If they do that legwork up front and they know, I really want to make changes to these this kitchen, but $10,000 is going to put lipstick on a pig. And I really want to gut the whole thing and start over. Well, if it's going to cost you 50 grand, okay, maybe you don't do it now. Just paint the walls for 25 bucks a gallon, right? Mm. Um, or whatever quality you get um, <clears throat> and get some new accessories or maybe change out the hardware. But if you really want to gut this thing, know, knowing it's going to cost $50,000 and start planning for it, you know, and it may take you a year or two years, 
go look at your options for loans and go talk to your, your, you know, the company where you have your loan and see what kind of, of um, remodel loan, what do they call those? I'm, I'm losing my, my thought. What are they? Home equity. Yeah. Home equity. <laughs> go look at your, go look at your home equity, you know, and see, is that something that you're willing to do? Cause you can really change the, your space with a home equity loan. And nowadays you might get some really great rates and it's not going to cost you that much more. But I will say, I always say, and and you know this too, um, if you're going to make investments in your home, kitchens and bathrooms are where you make your most Mm -hmm. return on investment. But the return on investment isn't always just money to me. It's also the quality of lifestyle. So are you getting that ROI in your Mm -hmm. peace of mind and your tranquility, knowing that you've got a space that functions well for you? And that's priceless. That is mm. truly priceless. And then it's it it is you know profit when you go to sell that. <laughs> so it's a it's a lot of thought. But my my I think I'm probably heavier on the communication side than trying to to tell them what they need to go do hard to make that perfect recommendation. So I don't know if that answers your question, but no, no, it definitely does. Yeah, that was really good. Um, you know, because I mean, even going back to what you were saying too on individual rooms, they can without even taking out a loan or home equity loan, they can do little by little too. And I mean, you can make your yeah. recommendations little by little. Say, okay, start with the paint color. That's probably your least expensive thing to do. Uh, it, it's no different than and what you were saying, like with the investment thing. This is a good investment too. It's no no different than getting rid of the word cheaper you know that's the cheaper way you're no it's the best investment or it's the less expensive way uh is a better way of putting it because it makes people feel better about it as well too you know it's Mm -hmm. it's not a cheap saying the word cheaper rather than okay yeah this is the least expensive way to correct this room it'll Mm -hmm. make it look better uh that's going to make them feel better as well so but one thing too I wanted to get into with you is you, you kind of said it when you were talking on that last question is the trends, like, obviously there's design trends, but I've read and obviously doing my research on you, you go for that more timeless approach too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So trends versus timeless, you know, how are you doing the timeless? What is timeless to you? What, what kind of design are you doing to keep it more timeless to where it is going to last? Because We've seen trends up and down, up and down. Every the trends are changing every single year. Paint colors, this and that, coastal or modern, or you know, it's like every it's different every single year. So, what are you doing to keep more of a timeless look in homes or remodels in the design that you're doing? Well, if I if I was going to flip homes, then it would be one thing. But when I'm actually dealing with homeowners, I really again I'm finding out what is their style. And where are they going to be most comfortable? Because they're making the investment. So you still have to kind of tailor it to them. But I will walk in and say, okay, I would not recommend you going with this, uh, you know, neon green cabinet, for example. It's not that there's that many out there, but (laughs) unless you get custom paint colors. But, you know, I would recommend this to to get the biggest bang for your buck, especially if you know that you're going to not be here for very long. If you do anticipate selling your home in five years, Let's go, let's go with something that's going to be more classic in terms of the architectural style of it and the quality of the material 
that will last longer. And somebody's going to walk in and know that this room is done. I don't have to touch it. I don't need to do anything, but paint is easy. It's easy to change. Um, when it comes to the trends, I don't, I think that there are, um, you know, the shiplap look that is, although that became so popular because of Chip and Joanna Gaines. That's what that, I call it. That is Joanne special. Yeah. Yeah. But that's been around for decades. You know, farmhouse is nothing new. It just became more popular because of their show and people got on board. But when that shiplap has been around for ever, mm -hmm. you know, and I still think that that's a very classic look when done right. You know, if you're going to clad your whole home in that, then, you know, it might be overkill, but, but it's not anything new. I mean, a lot of the stuff that's in is not, you know, that's been around fashions come and go and it's just the same with home. Um, but, but the big trends that I'm really through my research and what I'm seeing because of COVID more people being home, the trends that are happening is not so much in what, you know, what color do I paint my, my home or put on my countertop? It's, it's how the livability functions. So more emphasis on taking, say, a basement and turning it into either a, a gym, a home gym, or um, maybe it's a, a play, you know, a family entertainment area, you know, with a bowling alley, which might seem extravagant, but, you know, that was the thing, you know, especially here, there were a lot of homes here in, in Asheville that had bowling alleys inside or climbing walls or, you know, things like that to help give you that, the ability to live and enjoy life, but it's at home. And so then home offices and, and where in Texas and I'm sure Florida, the same thing, everybody wanted open concept. Mm -hmm. Well, not so much anymore, because if you've got to have a home office, you need that closure. So it's, you know, trying to make spaces multi-purpose, um, multi-generational homes. I did a, a video series on accessory dwelling units, ADUs, but most people are going to know them more as guest houses or mother-in-law suites. And just if the multi-generational home is, is a thing, and it's, I think, only going to increase in numbers because boomerang kids coming home, if they're not able to afford living on their own, and you've got aging parents and and all that. So it's, I think those are some of the big things that having home gyms, having play spaces, offices at home, the multi-generational homes, and, and then also having, being able to just drop a guest house on your property. Uh, the prefab units are amazing mm -hmm. and, you know, take little time to erect and you, you can get a full thing in about 90 days. And then that can help with rental income. It can help with multi-generational living, you know, I think those are really the important trends I see so much. Not, I don't focus on the fashion part of the home because that's forever changing. Yeah. <laughs> and that always will, you know, but, but the actual structure of the home, it's, it's, that's where it gets fun as a, as a designer and a builder and architect, we get to think outside the box and kind of push people a little bit to think differently. And then yeah. when they know the possibility is there, then they're like, oh, that would be fun. You know, yeah. so that's when it goes. I have fun with that too. It is, it is fun. That's, that's one of the funnest parts of the, of this job is actually 
designing something, designing the home and then watching it come to life. It's, yeah. it's awesome. I mean, I've been ever since I was a little kid, I'd build stuff. Now yeah, I get to build houses and watch, you know, and people just, it's just the happiness you see at the end of it too, when things do come to life is also fulfilling as well. But, uh, you know, and that's why I strive as a builder, you know, even as a real estate broker, but as a builder, more importantly, to do it right off, you know, just do it the right way and take care of people afterwards too. I mean, that's so important to me is, you know, um, I went to a, a customer's house. They've been out of warranty for three years. I went to his house today, had some stucco crap, uh, cracking on the side of his house he thought it was a structural thing took my time had my concrete guy with me just just in case to look at everything and it was fine it ended up being a stucco issue because of the way the walls met where the block was but um you know i i i'm gonna set them up with somebody that can fix it and it'll be good as new you know it's just it's always being there always uh, always going out of your way to take care of customers. I mean, I'm sure you deal with it too in your business. It's, you know, it's a big process. It's in even 10 years down the road, it still was a big purchase to them too. But Absolutely. And it's, and they, they won't ever forget you for doing that yeah. to know. And customer service is key, but I, I like you seeing as an actual building come to life and, and walking through those hallways when it's done is something that is so cool. My, as I mentioned, my great grandfather was a builder. Well, a, a friend from, I'm from El Paso, a friend from El Paso posted a link and the high school that my great grandfather built is known as one of the most beautiful high schools in Texas. And it made the A and D list as well. And so I actually went and did some more research on it and sure enough, there it is. And his huh. name is on it. And I took my children to El Paso a couple of years ago. My son didn't get to go with us at the time. And we walked the halls, this building's over a hundred years old yeah. and they got to see the work. And I mean, it's just, that's impressive. You know, I mean, yeah. I said, your great grandfather built this. How cool is that? You know, that a is. great, great on your end. And so to know that we can have an impact on lives, you know, a hundred years from now, yeah. maybe we built a really awesome home. Yeah. <laughs> That would be uh, maybe I had a guy who built a table for a client and I, when I, I was ooing and awing over it. So was she, and he autographs his furniture. So, you know, maybe you need to autograph your homes. So it's <laughs> a good tell, idea. Yeah. Hide it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they tear into a wall, they'll see your name and your grandson will say, Oh, look at yeah. what he built. Yeah. I'm going to so. start doing that actually. Yeah. That's a good idea. <laughs> Secretly autograph somewhere. Nobody will notice until I point it. Write a little blessing. I just did a little video on how you can add more blessings in prayers room is if you write on the back of your switch plate, you know, because mm. everybody, somebody's going to touch that plate every day going in and out. So, yeah. you know, just put some good juju in that house and right <laughs> that is a good idea. Yeah. That is yeah. a really good idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's awesome. Um, so one last question, because we're getting to the end here, as far as the design side of things, before I go into some personal questions, um, what do you find most challenging about design, your, you know, your job, your career, designing a home? What are, what are some challenges? Where you, what have you seen since you've been doing it? I think just budgets, helping people understand budgets and planning the key for planning. You've got to plan and I can't, I can't stress that enough. I've, I've had friends 
which I'm sure you do too. And they'll, they knowing what you do, they'll reach out and say, Hey, what should I do here? What should I do there? <clears throat> and they're in such a reactionary mode that I'm like, you know, you need to probably slow down, just slow down and, and really look at the numbers and, and look at what you're trying to accomplish. So I really planning and budgets are a big thing, but I also, I think one of my biggest frustrations right now are the builders and, <laughs> and their mindset of, you know, well, this is just the way we do it. And if you want anything done differently, it's going to cost you this much. And, and I just think that it, we can be better. So that's real. I really an impact on the, on the construction industry in that realm. And, and so do all of my fellow ambassadors. I mean, that we meet twice, a, uh, you know, every other month to talk about how can we get this word out and, and through the living in place Institute, we've got different accreditations that people can get even the trades can go and, and we have a hats program that they can learn some of these some of these things to look for and if we get more people on board and uh, you know into our movement so to speak then i think we'll have a greater impact and maybe the frustrations won't be so great <laughs> but um you know i i i look at every i think there's always a solution to a problem and no challenge is too great. And my daughter and I hike the Teton. So if I can hike up 11,000 feet, 12,000 feet, then we can take on a building remodel. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. It's <laughs> <laughs> <So. laughs> great. I, and one thing you said, though, I mean, going back to the builders saying this is how it is, I mean, that is a problem. And, and part of the problem to that is them not explaining enough of, you know, cause stuff does cost money. Let's face it. You know, if they do add something or if they want to change something, it is going to cost money. Now explaining the reasons behind that, there's probably builders not too good at that aspect of it where they're just like, all right, here's the bill. Here's the invoice, you know, push that out where if you actually explain it, cause I know personally, cause I'm the guy in our office that always has to call the customer and explain it. Uh, when there is a problem, you know, so it's, it, I'm always that person, but I know how to explain things. Cause I know the customer, I'm the one that initially starts the transaction with the customer. I'm with them all, throughout the whole entire process. I learn them. I learn how they are. And I've said this in the past on past podcasts too, how important it is to get to know your customers because as sales people, we're all in sales. I mean, no matter what business you are, right. you have to really learn who you're dealing with because people like to be dealt with in different ways. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have some people that are more sensitive than others. You have people more stern. It's just, it's all how you, and there's so many different personalities, but it's being able to work with each and every personality that makes you a good salesperson and good at business. And absolutely. And when you're getting into their personal space, it's having, again, those conversations up front. How do you like to communicate? Mm -hmm. You know, when things go wrong, how do you handle them? You know, how, how would you like me to deliver bad news Yeah. <laughs> or, or problems or challenges? Because there will be some, but I'm here. I'm your partner. We're going to get through this together. And just know that I'm here to support you. And I think if they if they understand that you're really coming from that place, so many things are better. Oh, yeah. If they feel like you're out to get them and you don't care, then you're going to end up having these challenges. But I there's just, you know, I was having conversations with my son today and it was a geared all around communication. I said, you know, honey, 
maybe just don't talk so much and just be a little bit clearer on your on what you're trying to deliver. <laughs> <laughs> so he's 18. So yeah. um <laughs> but you know there are <clears throat> it'll get better. I think it's, you know, I was dealing with a builder on, on this new build and we wanted, I wanted to, I was telling my, my girlfriend, I said, you want to do a zero step uh, entry shower? Well, brand new build, but they, you know, normally in a brand new build, especially in Florida, you're probably going to depress the pan, right? You're going to have that to where that plant pan can recess down and then there's no curb. Well, Mm. what do you do if there's, if that didn't get done. And so I said, well, don't forget, we're doing a zero step entry shower or curbless shower. Oh, well, we didn't plan for that. I said, Mm. oh, don't worry. We can still do that. And they go, we can. And I go, yeah, we can. Because guess what? There's a product out there that allow you to do it. Mm. And he was so excited about that product. He had never used it before and we got it in. So cheers to quick drain. I can't wait to show him the photos. (laughs) Um, But you know, that's what I, I said. Don't let some builder, if they're not familiar with how to make these changes, don't let that builder dictate what can and cannot be done. You go find somebody else that you can talk to. And maybe it's just because they don't have the knowledge of the products that are available on the market. You know, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I hate taking no for an answer because I do believe there's always a way around it. And mm-hmm. sometimes it just takes a little bit of time to figure that out. But if you, again, you ask enough people and ask enough questions, you're going to find it. And if the product doesn't exist yet, somebody will create it. It's just a matter of time. But yeah. I think the, I think the majority of the focus, we've got a lot of education partners through that are joining living in place. And, and it's, it's neat to see because they are that passionate too about creating products that people need. And that can really improve the quality of life. And so it's fun. It's fun to collaborate with companies that are that focused. So yeah. it's it's only going to get better. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's getting more and more people involved in it and more and more people like you and I. And that's like my podcast. Like I've had everybody I've had on here has that same mindset that they just want to help people and make business better and make it better for the client. That's what this show is all about, too. I mean, I even do like if I don't even get a job, I did it today. I had a customer or not a customer, obviously went in that different direction with as far as builders, but it happens. But I always ask for their feedback. I say, yeah. you know, it's not going to offend me. Uh, I just want to know what was your reasoning? Uh, was it price? Was it this? Can you just explain? And he goes, it was he goes to be honest with you. He goes, it was nothing to do with you or your company. He goes, I love you guys. I loved your company. He goes, it's just uh, my neighbor built with her. He's a friend of the builder that I'm going to go with. He's this guy is new to the market, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and um, I want to give him a shot. But he goes, I really appreciate it. He goes, I'm going to speak highly of you guys. He goes, it's a small town. Uh, you know, and I, he goes, I'm probably see you around and we'll, we'll have a beer. So, you know, and I don't take offense to that too. And I got his feedback It made me feel good. I said, best of luck with you too. You know, I could have been like, well, that's a new builder. You don't want to do that, this and that, you know, and really told them how I was feeling inside, but but I didn't, I'm, you, you don't work, you can't work with everybody and it's fine. We're, we're all busy and times are good right now. Thank God for that. And, you know, it's just, 
there's other people that'll pop off that are pop up that you'll be able to work with and you'll mesh with and there's business out there for everybody. So anyway, that's part of that whole experience of bettering you as a company and as a builder, like you're saying, and your involvement with the group that you're with. Going into you a little bit more personally, um, you know, I love asking this question. I ask it to everybody on my show. So what about you personally? What lessons have you learned throughout your journey that we should all apply to our own business or lives that can help us grow? I, I can't take the credit for this quote. That was Robin Sharma, but is, you know, change is inevitable and it gets messy in the middle and beautiful at the end. And I think if we can all embrace life like that, it's so true. We can grow from every experience and we can always take a positive lesson from it, even when it's so hard. But I never, I never want to stop learning. I think it's always important to, to keep stretching yourself and not be afraid to try new things. Uh, I, you know, starting this YouTube channel that I started, that was I am very much, I'm more of an introvert and my husband doesn't believe it, but I am. And to put myself out there like that, but I'm doing it in honor of my mom. And I know she was my biggest cheerleader and she would always, she would be, she would be, you know, watching every single one, but knowing that my mission in order to do this is going to help other people. I think if you can really look at life on how we're here for a purpose, how can we serve? And God gave me this gift of being able to design things and, and love what I do, that that's how I can be of best service to people. So I just figured, you know, I can do it locally, but if I can take it to a bigger scale, then, you know, YouTube, here I come. <laughs> so I'm a work in progress over there, I'll tell you, but it's, uh, you know, it's getting easier. It's getting a little better. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's better to start now than never. That's the thing too. And oh my like, gosh. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was the same way and I love your answer by the way too, because I was the same way. I, I mean, I, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast. I never thought I'd start doing YouTube or videos and, you know, and I'm doing a ton of video now and I used to be hesitant to post those videos. Now I just post them. I don't even care. I'm just used to it. It's a habit. But those things are getting out to people too. Cause when I have people talk, talk to me and they're, you know, they're like, um, you know, they say to me, they're, they're just like, okay, uh, I saw your video, by the way, it was, uh, it was awesome on the 20 things to look for in construction or whatever. I'm like, Oh, you saw it. All right, good. Nice. You, know, you get more and more and more of that too. And it's like, all right, I'm doing this for a reason. It mm -hmm. takes a little bit, you know, because you got to get more content out there, but it's it's important. It's an important thing. And plus you're helping people. That's what it's all about, too. You may not get their everybody's business, like I said, but you're going to get people that like you. They're seeing who you are, your personality, and they're going to want to work with you. Mm -hmm. so. Absolutely. And, you know, I think and if your mindset is, which is where yours is at, of being of service, mm -hmm. you know, you, the the jobs will come. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't do it all. And, but the right ones are going to come to you. But if you're able to help more people by you putting yourself out there, like what we're doing here, I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, who would have thought? And they didn't talk about this in design school. I'm not going to tell you when I graduated, but <laughs> that wasn't a thing. Neither were. <laughs> no, it's, uh, yeah, it's fun. I'm excited to see what 2021 is going to bring and. It'll be fun to watch you and, and be able to 
help each other out. Yeah. No, yeah. This is, this it. is great. This is, fun. that's what it, I mean, that's what it's all about is collaborating. And then when you do this though, it's like I said, you meet people that have that same mindset and it is a powerful thing and it, and it gets out there and more and more people see you and see the videos and so on too. It, it's, it's huge. It's a, it's a must. And I mean, I was a marketing, I, I did marketing in college and, and I didn't learn this. I mean, maybe at the time they didn't, YouTube wasn't as popular or they didn't have zoom, but uh, maybe they're teaching it now. I hope they are, but probably not. So, but you've got new kids developing new, new, new products compared to, you know, that's like zoom Yeah, yeah, (laughs) competitors out there before you know it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So another question I always ask who I always ask about your past, but always like to know about your plans for the future. So where will we see Lisa Wood in the future? Five, 10, 15 years from now, who, who will you be? Oh, good one. I actually was talking to a friend of mine about that today because uh, I'm really, you know, I I will always love to design. My grandmother died, uh, you know, she worked until the day she died. So I think I'll always be doing that on some level. But I really do see myself going more into the digital space. I've got a, a planner, project planner that I'm working on right now that we will be finalizing, oh, hopefully by the end of next month. And I'll be using that to get out to people and then, uh, you know, stair-stepping that into consultations and then turnkey designs if they if they want to go that route. But I am feeling that I, I think that there might be a course in my midst as I was uh, listening to a gentleman today and I was like, huh. And it, this idea popped into my mind and I thought, okay, and I ran it by my friend. She goes, I think you're onto something. So maybe a core, a digital course to really more geared towards helping homeowners mm-hmm. and helping them really understand the process from just the even concept of actually going out, even buying a home, you know, the, what should you look for? So I, I think that'll be, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll test it out and, and check, but it's, we, we have a, a desire to go to the digital realm. There's a big trend with education you know a lot of people are are doing online education now especially after last year so many webinars and ceus but from even just from homeowners and and the industry from an educational standpoint it was uh, i forget that how many millions it was in 2019 and it's estimated to be three billion by 2025 so People are seeking knowledge. They're hungry for knowledge. And if I can take my expertise and package it up for them to, you know, help them live better, then it could be a good thing. And then that gives us the freedom to live wherever we want. (laughs) Who knows where we'll be once our kids all get out of college. (laughs) One done, two to go. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we'll find out. Time will tell. (laughs) There you go. Last question. This is what this show's all about. What exactly do people need to look for when hiring an interior designer? And why should they choose Lisa Wood as their designer of choice? Oh, well, I don't know if they should always choose me, honestly, because I don't know if I'll always be the right fit. I do love to laugh. I think you need to find somebody that fits your personality. You know, um, I, I love to joke and I always will find the positive and just you know, being able to let people know who you are and see if you're the right fit. 
But if you're going to look for a designer, I think you really need to know the difference between a decorator and a designer. There are key differences. Designers typically, even if you have a degree or you don't, because there are very successful interior designers that were never schooled that way. But if they have the... um, If they have site experience, they actually understand construction, that's going to be key because if they don't have any idea about what it takes to move a wall or open up a wall and what that involves, moving plumbing and electrical, you know, and if that's really what you need, you might want to find a designer that's got that kind of experience because they're going to know how to talk to the contractors and the trades. And I also think that it's important to work with people that don't have a big ego Um, because sometimes designers and architects can be looked at like, oh no, here they come with their grand ideas (laughs) (laughs) and, and they don't always work. So that's where, if they have the actual knowledge of construction, if you're planning to do those kind of modifications, line up the skill set with what you need. And if you don't know the questions to ask, then, you know, reach out to me and I'll, I'll tell you some. (laughs) So that's part of my planner is knowing what kind of questions to ask a contractor to know if they're going to be the right fit for you. How do you interview people? And I think you just need to learn how to interview a designer interview to see if they're going to be able to help you accomplish what you want. And then, you know, for me, if uh, somebody wants to work with me, then know you'll get some humor and, and some laughter and, and I do love a good challenge and I will always find a solution always. And, uh, um, yeah, I love being collaborative. So I think that's key too. Yeah. Cause the more you collaborate, the more you learn, the better knowledge you get too, and stuff like that. I mean, I'm, I'm gaining a lot of knowledge just by sitting here with you myself. So it's, this has been awesome. Uh, you know, Lisa, it's been great. I really do appreciate you taking the time today because I know you're busy and this definitely, it was a great episode. I'm sure a lot of my listeners are going to get a lot of information out of this too, you know? So, um, last thing that I always like to ask, where can people find and connect with you? I am online on LinkedIn and, um, YouTube now, uh, everything is by my name. <laughs> Lisa J. Wood, lisajwood.com and all of my all of my social media um, icons are there. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn, I'm also very I'm active there, but um, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, pretty much there. But lisajwood.com, that, that'll be the the main hub, it. I guess. That's, <laughs> the main hub. And I do yeah. have, if anybody's interested, I did put a list of 50 tips to create your forever home if and that's just a a free resource so if that would help anybody i do have that available as well yeah and i'll put a link to that too um like me and you talked about i definitely want to put a link to that to share with everybody too and everybody go check out lisa go check out our youtube channel too i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna check it out too so the pressure's on yeah (laughs) yeah the first one was was probably not so great but um, and I think my sink was off, so my lips might be moving and my voice is trailing. But, you know, every every video is going to get better. <laughs> and this year's content um, is is really going to be geared towards the home. Or last in December was a lot of uh, holiday stuff. But, yeah, I, anybody have ideas or that if they want to know something and, you know, just about from a design standpoint about how to modify homes. I love feedback. So interact with me. Tell me what Good. you want to learn and we'll 
we'll come up with some good stuff. Yeah. And that's, what's going to separate you from a lot of other designers. Cause I mean, that's, you're, you're out there, you're putting yourself out there. you people can see you and see what you're doing too, which is so important. Like we talked about, but with that being said, Lisa, thank you so much for coming on today. I really do appreciate it. Everybody that is, everybody that is listening, go check out Lisa and go to her website and also take some time to review this podcast. Five stars only, obviously. That's appreciated. <laughs> yeah, we Comments. like <laughs> <laughs> Comments too. Um, and uh, also like and subscribe on YouTube. And thanks everybody for listening. And I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Real Build. And guys, if you would just take a little bit of your time to write a review below, I'd really appreciate it. It doesn't take long. Obviously, reviews are going to make this show be heard by more people. And that's what we need. We need to get this out there. So please write a review, share it with your friends and family. And thank you so much for everybody that's listening. And I'll see you guys on the next episode.